Hello and welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Canada's Interviews. Uh, in this segment, I'm going to be interviewing Jacob Wishmeyer. And Mr. Wishmeyer is running for the Assembly District 78 uh, for the Wisconsin Legislature. Uh, I'm Melanie Ramey with the Dane County League, and we are co-sponsor of these interviews. If you have been watching these interviews through the years, you see that they look very different now. Uh, we're in a new place, and we have a new format. And the format is that we will be interviewing all the candidates, but we will be interviewing them separately. And so, to begin the process, I'm going to ask Mr. Wishmeyer um, what there is about his background, his education, his experiences that um, he thinks qualifies him for the job, and why is he running? I grew up just north of the district in Fox Ridge. It's a couple blocks north of the district, and I got a degree in economics, which I think is, I think, that's where really I got into politics is from studying economics because I think a lot of this stuff is really basic economic theory that the Republicans are really just not following or just, I mean, I just think if we would work on trying to raise people's expendable income to stimulate the economy instead of cutting wages across the board, simple things like that, it's just been really frustrating to see what's been happening in our state for the past six years and I just think we can be doing better and more about myself uh, my parents are both or were both teachers in the Madison School District both longtime MTI members are both retired now my wife is a teacher so public education is really big to me I'm really upset with what's been happening to our public schools I think that Wisconsin's public schools were one of the things that made made the winners worth bearing through in Wisconsin. I think we're all real proud of our public schools. We've always had some of the best public schools in the nation. Our university system is another great source of pride that's been under attack under Walker. And I just think that I've been following politics really closely for a long time, and I just don't think the Democrats are really doing what it takes to win back our state. And they kind of seem to be, I wouldn't say okay with just going along the way they are, but they don't seem to be trying any new big ideas or big strategies or big things to make things change. And I think it's time to try some new strategies. Well, and I was going to ask you what you thought were the most important issues, and you certainly have identified one that's very close to you. And I'm wondering what other issues do you think that the legislature should be do, doing something about that maybe they haven't been? Well, I mean, some of the issues are more federal issues, I think, but I still think that we should be talking about them on a local level because I think it's important that we just raise people's awareness of the issues like uh, um, uh, like climate change, for one, never gets talked about in Wisconsin. I think having a sustainable planet for our children and grandchildren is something that everyone cares about. And we basically, it's not an issue in Wisconsin. And every Republican in the state doesn't want to do anything on climate change. I think that should be an issue in every district. Another easy one is redistricting. They use computer models to give themselves the biggest advantage possible. I don't think anyone's okay with that. All Democrats want is a nonpartisan group to do redistricting, and I, I don't know why that's not an issue. And we should get every single candidate running on both sides of the aisle to say where they stand. Do they think that the legislature should be able to cheat and give them, write their own? lines to give themselves advantages, or do we think we should have it be nonpartisan competitive districts? It seems like a simple thing that should be an issue in every state or, or in every district. 
Um, another one is a progressive tax code. I think the idea that, I mean, a billion is a thousand million. Like, what, 10 years ago, the height of wealth was being a millionaire. Now we have people making billions of dollars a year. We should raise that top income tax rate, and we should explain to people why it's beneficial, the reasons it prevents monopolies, it prevents monopolistic practices, it creates competition. There's all sorts of reasons why a progressive tax code makes a ton of sense. And basically, I don't think you say progressive tax code just goes over people's head. They don't even know what it means because it never gets talked about. And even like because the ACA doesn't pull well, the Democrats don't feel like they want to, they should be able to talk about health care. And I think, I think the ACA improves some things, but I think that we're all still getting ripped off on health care every month. The system is still set up. We're all still paying way too much monthly for our health care. We pay more than, way more than anyone else in the world. We don't have full coverage. We still have people filing for bankruptcy. We should be explaining why we should switch to a Medicare for all health care system and explaining the advantages. Those are just a few examples, but there's even more, too, that we could. You know, um one of the things is, of course, whoever wins the primary on August 9th uh, will enter the legislature and uh, you'll enter as a member of minority party, probably. And so I'm wondering how you think um, uh, that will be and, you know, what sorts of committees uh, maybe that you would like to try to get on and all. That's a good point. So, like, basically at this point, the way that the Republicans have run the legislature, the minority party basically can't do anything. They don't care what they say. They don't care what they add to the table. They hold hearings just for show. They already know if the legislation they're passing. They know if they have the votes for it. The hearings are just for show. So I don't think it really makes a huge difference whether me or Lisa is representing the district legislatively. I think any bill that she would vote for that has bipartisan support, I would vote for too, for the most part. I mean, I don't, there might be a little one here or there, but in general, there's not much difference in the votes between me and Lisa. The, where I think there would be a difference is that I would spend all my time trying to get people interested in politics, create a statewide movement, work with other legislatures. I'd try to get people on the record to where they stand, make it more publicly known where people stand on the issues, make sure people know where the right wing stands on the issues, and make help make people more aware of what they're voting for when they're voting and just try different strategies and different ideas and creative ideas to get more media attention, to get people involved, to get more of a group uh, effort on the left that is more cohesive and is really geared to changing things in Wisconsin and that's kind of my plan, and that's kind of why I decided to run, to try to just do something different, because the way we're going isn't working, and it doesn't seem like anything's been changing. So it's what time to change something. What is the 78th district exactly? What area does it cover? The 78th district is Madison's west side. It's basically Memorial School District, so it's everywhere west of Whitney Way and south of Old Sauk in Madison. So if you're outside of Madison, you're not in the district. If you're in Madison west of Whitney Way and south of Old Sauk here in the mm -hmm. district. Yeah. It's pretty much Memorial School District. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, in terms of uh, committees and things like that, do you think that it, it matters what kind of committees people get on in the legislature? Do you see that as a part of your strategy? Of 
I mean, the way that they've been running, it doesn't seem like it because the Republicans have majorities on every one of those committees, and if they want something to pass, they're going to pass it. If they don't, they don't. I mean, I'd still like to be on. I don't, I'm not sure which committee I'd want. If I got elected, I would start looking into where people are and where there's an opening for me. So I think it has to do with the makeup of the people who are all ready there and the spots they're on and what's open. One of the things that's been a change in the last year or two has been uh, even announcing uh, when there are going to be hearings. Uh, you know, uh, in years gone by, it would have maybe been a week or two that you'd know there's going to be a hearing on an issue. And now then, it's not uncommon to have it announced the evening before the hearing well, the next day. Yeah, and it may make it very difficult. It may be very difficult for uh, people who have a vested interest, whatever it is, uh, uh, even for or against uh, to get there a lot of times and to to give testimony and so forth uh, because of that approach of really making it such short notice that people can't do it. Well, I think it's questionable if they even care what people say anyway. They show up just to show up, and I mean, people, people's voices are at least recorded in those things, so they go down in the record books. But aside from that, I mean... The Republicans have already talked to their lobbyists, like for education policy, American Federation for Children literally has written a lot of the bills that are getting passed. They're, they're run by Betsy DeVos, whose brother Eric Prince owns Blackwater. Their lead lobbyist is Scott Jensen, who's a disgraced legislature. He's not even going to be allowed to be in the legislature. He sits there and watches them pass the bills that he wrote. I think everyone should know that. I mean, I think our news should be covering that, first of all. I think we should know where this education policy is coming from and who is it, who is who is who it's written for in the first place. But just like simple things like that, it's, I don't think why people do would accept that if yeah. they knew. Uh, Mr. Ishmael, why do you think um, that this hasn't been more widely talked about or more widely written about? Why do well, you... one of the biggest issues is that. So I think the media in Dane County is pretty good. But outside of Dane County, especially in the Milwaukee media market, you have three major right-wing radio hosts that are on all the big stations. They cover half the state, even in like the Green Bay area. you got Jerry Bader, who's the main guy up there, and there's really no counter to him. The Wall Street or the Wisconsin State Journal is pretty – I mean, they're owned by the same company that owns Charlie Sykes's station and it's basically all right-wing propaganda and there's no counter to it and it seems like the democrats especially in that area are afraid of the right-wing talk radio hosts they pretty much run the state and i think we need to start taking them head-on first and explaining who funds those groups where that like all their hosts are from the heritage foundation the bradley foundation club for growth Americans for Prosperity. I mean, it's not hard to see where the information is coming from or who's paying for it, but we need to really start exposing that and explaining that there, people are just getting fed a bunch of propaganda with no counter to it at all. In, in Madison, I think the media is pretty good, and I think that's why Madison's a lot better than the rest of the state. That, I mean, aside from being a lot of state workers and a lot of highly educated people, there's a lot of things that make Madison unique. Mm -hmm. But I think our media is one big part of it, is that we have both. I mean, we still have the right-wingers on in our markets, too, but we have the, the counterbalance, and you can get both sides. And I don't think you can in a lot of the states. 
And what do you see, for example, as the, the role of the led of a member of the legislature uh, to the county and to the municipalities in the county that, that would be in that district? How would you see yourself interacting with them? Well, I I think what we've done is terrible. I mean, the right wing claims they're all about local control. I even heard Walker during his speech at the RNC talking about how they're so for local control, and all they've done is taken away local control. They've taken away the ability of local governments to raise money. They've cut their uh, state aid. They've done all sorts of things to just make it almost impossible to run local governments. And I think we should be, one, giving, I mean, if we're into local control, we should be giving them more control. There's a reason why people vote for these people in the office. And if people don't like what they're doing, they can vote them out. It's not the state's legislature to punish a local municipality for what they're doing with their funds. And, I mean, local areas used to have school referendums to build new schools. Now they're doing referendums to just fund the schools. That's not the way it used to be in Wisconsin and not the way it should be in Wisconsin. You know, it um, it also seems that, though, when you speak with a lot of people on the street, there is a tremendous disconnect between what happens over in the Capitol and, and people in their lives. They don't see the connection. And I have often felt frustrated about that, too, because, you know, some of these bills you've alluded to, some of the things that have happened, uh, have had huge impacts on people. And yeah, yet somehow they, they don't seem to understand that. And, uh, and, and to me, that's a, a big challenge. And you, I think you see that as a challenge to do, too. And, but I'm, just curious, have you come up with an innovative, creative idea, you know, to sort of get through uh, this density that people have? Well, one, I mean, I'm trying to use social media because it's posting something on Facebook costs you nothing. Shooting a video of yourself saying something and posting it is free. It, I mean, we're so worried about raising money, but there's so much that we can do for free. And I think we could, could be doing so much more inexpensively. So that's one idea. But, yeah, I think that we need to start connecting with people and letting them know that all this stuff. I think people do know that affects them, but I think they're just so frustrated with politics. And a lot of people just kind of stop worrying about it because they just, it, it always seems so negative. But I think that's a big thing is creating excitement around politics, connecting it to people's lives and showing them that we have common things that we should be working towards and we can be working towards and we can make a difference. And if we work together, we could change the trajectory of our state. But if people don't care, and the other thing I think we need to make real apparent is that we need to start caring more. It's, it's our job to care about what happens in local government. And we all need to take more responsibility in paying at least enough attention to know what's going on and to know what we need to do to fix the problems. Now, you're going to be a candidate in the August 9th primary. And a lot of times the primaries have very low turnout. And this is a thing that frustrates us constantly uh, because sometimes people think, well, their vote doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter if they go for a primary election. In this election you're in, the person winning the primary is going to win the seat in the legislature. So it's an important yeah, election. Else 
don't yeah. seem to have a very serious campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, so the the votes are in this primary are going to be very important, you know. And uh, so people need to understand it. It's important. I mean, I can think of some elections that have been decided by one or two votes or just a few votes, you know, that have made all the difference. And uh, if people can understand that, you know, that it's important for them to uh, get information about the candidates. We put out this publication, The Candidates Answers, which, uh, you know, is a way that people can find out about candidates and and they can be prepared to vote. I, I know I was on a forum uh, this last year and a young woman said that she started to go to vote and she got to the voting place and then she thought she just didn't know enough about the issues to go in and vote. And I, I felt very sorry about that. And so, of course, I told her about our website and how she could find out about these issues and all. But uh, uh, the importance of, of uh, people uh, becoming familiar with the people running and the issues and going to vote is just absolutely critical. That's the way you can affect change. You can well, one thing I think that we should do, maybe I know it, the GAB doesn't exist anymore, but whatever the new name for the GAB yeah, yeah, is, yeah. which is silly too, by the way. But um, I think we should post sample ballots for every district so people know what their, all their options before they go in so they can research it. Because I've had times, I mean, I pay a lot of attention, but I go in there, I know the main ones I'm voting for. But when you get to the down ballot ones, I'm like, I'm not sure about this one. And I wish I could have had more time to know that that was, I didn't even know that was on the ballot until I got there, I you know. Referenda, you know, yeah, then people don't know what is, they, yeah. Word them sometimes even word them to confuse people on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a negative thing. Yeah. Well, you know, we've covered a lot of uh, issues here, uh, Mr. Wishmeyer. So maybe there's something that you would like to conclude by telling people and why they should vote for you. Well, your point about it being low turnout that does kind of give me a chance because I don't. I I think the winner of this vote might only get. Two to three thousand votes. So I think it, it will be very low turnout because there's really nothing else on the ballot driving. I mean, I think Feingold might have a primary that no one even knows or cares about. So uh, the only people voting will be voting for this specific race. So I don't know what my point is there, but I think that does give me somewhat of a chance in this race. And basically, my whole, I guess, uh, finisher to this would be. If you're fine with the way things are going, if you think that Democrats are doing enough, you should support the incumbent. If you are interested in trying new ideas and a change in a new direction for the Democratic Party, a party that fights harder, that focuses more on explaining issues than raising money, that's what I feel like I represent. I'm not raising any money for my campaign, actually. I'm running it completely on social media. I'm not, I don't have any staff. I'm just pretty much word of mouth and so if you like anything you hear check out my Facebook page share some things if you like anything I've written on there and get involved and the stuff affects you the stuff affects your children and let's try to make Wisconsin a better place for us for our children and for our grandchildren thank you very much and we have run out of time and I do want to urge you all to vote in the primary on August 9th uh, and I'm Melanie Raymond the Dane County League of Women Voters and we're very Pleased to have been a part of this interview, and uh, we're very pleased that you have watched. Thank you very much.